What up, what up, what up? Uh, back again with another episode of Between Two Posts. It's Everett alongside Kyle Conan here, uh, who has some new news. It's official. It's officially official. Kyle, tell us what's official. I thought it was official last podcast, but maybe not. No, uh, you kind of broke out. Uh, like you got a couple skates in, you know, you, you, you put yeah. out a TikTok where you were uh, taping your stick in the locker room. Not a big deal. No, 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 not a TikTok guy, not a TikTok guy. So just the Instagram story. But um, I'm officially the e-bug slash practice goaltender for the back-to-back Stanley Cup champions, Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, pretty pumped. You know what this means, though, right? I, I don't. Uh, if, if they don't bring it home this year, it's all your fault. Yeah, I guess so. So you're the X factor a lot, now. <laughs> a, lot of pressure, a lot of pressure on me. Uh, I'm definitely going to have a pretty big impact in the room, I'd say. Uh, but I get to get to choose a jersey number. So we were joking around earlier. I should put in uh, my top choice is 88. Just gun for Vassy's job. Yeah. <laughs> Text Vassy. Be like, hey, dude, what's it going to cost to go a Rolex? I'll take 88. Yeah. I'm sure he'd be um, in. Yeah, they probably have a few. You wouldn't mind taking a, a new one too. But uh, what else is new? What's new with you? Me? Um, you know, just getting the 2011s going. I'm on a 2012 team for goalie coaching now. High school hockey is going to be starting up. Um, we're looking at the Red Wings. Uh, Ned's there. Um, Bertuzzi's not getting vaccinated, so he's losing upwards of like 400,000 on the year because he can't do Canadian trips. Which, hey man, your body, your choice, I guess. I don't, you know, like I don't know, whatever, man. Um, but that's that's really it, you know, it's just just enjoying every day. You made a nice little uh pit stop down here, and you're was it five and seven? That was you want to talk about a trip, man. That was a trip. (laughs) let's recap uh the first day uh i'm in fort lauderdale i wake up in the hotel and i go to my car and i'm parked next to one of those islands i don't know what you call them but they have the vegetation they're in the parking lot they just divide up the parking spaces or whatever and i look down at the curb and i think man that's a lot of ants in there that's kind of weird no big deal get in my car start driving the air kicks on because i'm in florida and it's you know 90 degrees at eight in the morning <clears throat> and as i'm driving out of the parking lot only i haven't even made it more than like four 400 feet i start looking at the dashboard because out of the corner of my eye i have sick peripherals i see things moving on my dashboard that's not not you know pretty normal and i look closely and there's ants they have crawled in through the vents of my car have created a home somewhere and there are ants crawling around my dashboard so i stop i get out i kill a bunch of ants no big deal drive to the rink uh i roll the windows down just in case there's more ants and i go in to see the panthers for a rookie tournament or rookie camp whatever i'm in there for about two three hours i come back out kyle i'm not gonna kid you like there were thousands of ants somewhere in that car that came out while i was working inside and have taken over the car. They're in my seat. They're on the stick shift. They're all over the steering wheel. They're on the dashboard. Like it was disgusting. And at that point in time, this is the first day of the trip. I'm like, I should just pack it and I should probably go home because this isn't going to go well. 
but uh just the whole community <clears throat> dance living in your car like two two anthills oh. worth i don't even know how many are in an anthill but i'd say two anthills worth of ants were in my car and it's disgusting because i couldn't kill them all more just kept coming out and as i'm driving well, i could feel they them at least, on me they're at least like the kind that like didn't bite you right they're probably like the the fruit or sugar ants or whatever is that is that what you call them? Because they don't look like Michigan <laughs> ants either. I don't know. I don't know ant species, but I guess like based on like I know there's like the kind the red ants that like fire ants that bite you. Yeah. And then there's like generic ants yes. that I think just eat like food crumbs. But I would I feel like it has to do with the whole car shortage right now. So like rental car companies are probably just like buying anything they can to to have cars. Ant infested cars, we'll yeah. take it. Yeah. Car on fire, we'll take it. You bring it on down, we'll buy it. We'll give you full like, credit it, for it. Does it start? <laughs> does it? Can it drive for a couple miles? We'll take it. We'll pass this on to our loyal customers. So, yeah, so, it was uh, well, interesting week. One down in uh, uh, Fort Miami, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. And I'd then, love to say Miami, but it's not that cool. <laughs> no. Is it? Te- it's technically Sunrise, or uh, no? That's separate from. Where you yeah, were. it's like were you at the practice facility. Yeah, the practice rink's like in Sunrise Coast or some yeah. goofy Florida name, but uh, it's all near Fort Lauderdale. Okay. So after that, hop on a flight. We're going to Dallas that night. Wake up in Dallas the next morning at like seven. Go to the rink. Oh, before I did that, I saw Shiel, Adam Shiel, big Vaughn guy. We're gonna have him on the pod. We went to Top Golf. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, I can't golf worth anything. Um, but Adam Shiel is very bad at golf, much worse than I am. Uh, so that was, a, that was actually pretty exciting. We played angry birds, uh, at top golf. So that was kind of cool. I'll say my favorite thing about top golf is that like, no matter how bad you are at golf, someone at top golf is worse. So, so like, <laughs> that's such a true statement, dude, dude. So, I mean, I'm with you. Like I suck at golf, but I can at least go there, like swing my club and hit the ball and not like I'm not probably not doing very well score wise, but like I'm not the one people are looking at and like laughing at. Like there are so many people. I'm like, man, like this guy has legit never seen a golf club in his life. And he's just like, it, it's a wild place. <laughs> well, that's the beauty of top golf. Like to go to a driving range, you have to have clubs, which means you've already invested in the sport. You want to get good, blah, blah, blah. At top golf, you show up in like designer jeans, clone. <laughs> three chains, a watch, and some Jordans. You pay the fee, you buy a couple drinks, man, you're Tiger Woods in the tee box right there. But you're right. Like, there are some people, like you said, that like, <laughs> like we were golfing on the second level. And obviously there's a third level above you at Top Golf if you haven't been. And the amount of balls that I've watched just drop straight, like straight in front of me through the netting that just come boop boop and it, like it throws you off a little bit because it's like man what's happening and they just like after time after time just dropping dropping there was a, a couple of people next to us and you know like you know how you kind of want to help someone but you don't want to be overbearing because you don't want to be a hardo like they were just it was so dangerously hooking to the right oh yeah i don't know if that's a hook or a slice i'm not a golf pro Depends it was hook- on what hand is you are yeah it, like whatever it's curving to the right not going straight like it would almost hit the middle barrier and it could bounce back and either hit them or hit the people next to them so i was gonna say something but they were having drinks and laughing so as long as they're having fun that's all that matters but yeah man we look like i like people look at me like i'm a pro at top golf so i never thought about it but i like that you brought that up that's hilarious yeah 
Well, it's one of those things, like, I could hit the ball, like, basically, if you just hit it a decent distance, it's going to go in one of the targets. Yep. So, and people don't know what target you're aiming for. So, like, yeah. if it goes in, you're like, ah, yeah, you know. But on Perfect. the golf course. Plan that. <laughs> yeah, but, like, in real golf, there's just one hole. And if you miss right by, like, quite a bit, it's, like, oof. So. Well, when you put it in the trees, you know, every hole, yeah. people are going to figure out, man, Kyle can't swing the club. So, yeah. Um, but anyways, woke up, saw Dallas, uh, got to see Shiel, Ottinger, Pointer, Ben Bishop was there, Braden Holpe, great dude was there, big graph guy, by the way, Braden Holpe. Is um, he the last guy in the graph skate now? Because Price, uh, Price is fully out, Holtz, Grice is in a boot. Oof. I think that's it. We're working on it though, Kyle. You know, like I'm, you know, it, it's a work in progress. We're going to do big things in the next couple of years. Yeah. Um, we'll see. So we got that. Da- <laughs> we got Dallas. Uh, then we could fly to Carolina that night. I don't know if anyone else flies Delta out of the South. Kyle, what do you fly when you, when you travel? Um, Airline. It, it depends on where I'm going. So, like the new airport here is super small and only has like two gates and they're uh you don't fly out of tampa oh i don't if i don't have to because the allegiant flights are like 30 bucks to fly somewhere and you know oh, yeah you suck, you, like, <laughs> you take the allegiant flight where you pay 30 dollars yeah. you grab your backpack that's your seatbelt and your airbag and you just hold yeah. on <laughs> i don't mind it because i mean so the last time we flew like nice it was for our honeymoon we like did it right all that and it's it was ter- like just a terrible experience so like i'd rather just pay 30 bucks and have a terrible experience at least than like that you know, I'm, you're I'm paying for exactly what you got <laughs> <laughs> i'm prepared for it already and i'm not gonna be mad like i know i'm getting what i paid for but when i fork out like 500 bucks for a flight and it's just as i mean uh, there's no good way to fly like Flying with other, just because you're around a bunch of other humans who, I mean, it's crazy how many people don't understand flight etiquette. It's, it blows my mind every time when like someone in the back of the plane thinks that they, like when the plane lands, it's just, oh, like get up on your own time. And and you, 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 but you get up that person in the back row, row 60 D he gets up and he's sprinting to the front. Like I got to be the first one off. Oh, I, I, I put my body in a lane though. Like I make sure I roadblock it. So I'm like, yeah, no, you're not getting through. And that's I'm what you learn from roller. You're filling lanes, man. Eat shooting yeah. lanes. Um, funny story. Since we're going to talk about planes now, uh, <clears throat> I talked to Scotty who actually ironically flew to Seattle last night, last night. Yeah. Flew to Seattle and he, Scott Hughes is pretty important at Vaughn Custom Sports, uh, especially USA. I'd say in the company and uh, top to bottom. Scott's pretty high up there. He travels a lot. You know, he's, he's got status. He's got flight miles. And this was kind of a last minute thing. We got to go see Seattle, you know, make sure they're taken care of before they start training camp, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, when he flies, he gets typically first class. Very, at the very least, he's always upgraded to Comfort Plus. And this is just based on upgrade status and, yeah you know whatever he doesn't always you know you know buy first class tickets he gets you know main cabin and then everything's an upgrade but sometimes when you book late you don't always get upgraded because a lot of those seats have been purchased and filled so anyways scotty called me this morning he's like everett i don't know how you do it man i'm like what are you what are you talking about scotty 
And he's like, man, like flying in main cabin, it's like you're just back there with a bunch of zoo animals. I'm like, yeah, welcome, welcome to my world, buddy. I did that like 20 times last week. Like the mutants you see in the back of the plane. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. But with that being said, I'm now a silver medallion, which is almost nothing in Delta, but I do get upgraded sometimes. But back to Scotty's story, I go, what happened? He goes, you would not believe I was in the back of this plane and I look over. And for the four hours that we were in the air, there was a guy across the aisle from me who nonstop threw up the whole flight, oh all four goodness. hours into his little puke bag. And he's like, <laughs> it gets better. So we go to D-board, the, you know, everyone starts walking off. He just kind of like plopped the bag down on the ground, didn't like wrap it up or throw it up. And it just kind of started all rolling out. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and he was sitting in the middle seat. So there's a lady on the window seat who has to like, step over that to get out and she's gagging i'm gagging it was a disaster i'm like well scotty like now you know what it's like man and then he said there was a guy sitting next to him who like was just you know everyone's kind of going through allergies in the midwest or across the world whatever and uh he's sinusy and he was just coughing and speeding up phlegm all four hours and i'm like scotty welcome to my world baby main cabin one that's where we live so that's that's probably the worst just like environment to be in is on a plane in Mm -hmm. in like main cabin it's so brutal there's there's never a good situation of a flight there's always people who are just like like why do you fly so yeah yeah it's uh i think the one thing that you learn when you go to the airport or you're traveling via plane i'm not a very intelligent person kyle i'm not like the smartest of the smartest i'm not an elite uh academic or mental mentally capable person um but i like to think i'm a little bit smarter than most but when you go to an airport you realize like i'd say 90 percent of people out there are just living in their own world they do not care what anyone else is doing yeah. around them they do not care they have no ideas of social constructs and just like how to behave around mass amounts of people and they're just living in their own world and they're doing stupid stuff and i love to see it it's hilarious to watch tough to be around though yeah so anyways delta you got to fly through atlanta a lot there's a lot of layovers so i sweat a lot because i'm I'm getting dropped off at gate a1 i gotta run to the middle of the atlanta air or gate a in atlanta take the train get to like z get on a z flight so that was awful but anyways carolina after that the the north american hockey league showcase the biggest showcase in all of hockey out of Blaine, Minnesota, which was miserable. That floor is so moldy and it smells so bad. It down smells there. so bad down there. It's literally like you're in the <clears throat> locker room if you're on the lower level. Like the whole place just, it, it's not very, uh, they need like a dehumidifier or something down there. Yeah. I'd love, I'd love to go back there next year. And there's just one like home dehumidifier that's plugged in that just, you know, the lights blinking on it because it's full, full and it's you can full. just see the it's water already full. overflowing. <laughs> just one, one for Schwan. Um, after that came down and saw the very handsome Kyle Conan in Tampa. I got to see, well, Clearwater, excuse me, your Clearwater guy, whatever (laughs) it's Tampa. Anyways, I got to see Kyle. I learned how masks get painted. So that was pretty interesting. And we did a little scheme in there. Saw, uh, Tampa and Buffalo for rookie tournament or not Buffalo, Nashville, excuse me. So I'm like Bingham. I don't know if he listens to these anymore. Saw the equipment guys. Got to see Berger. He's hilarious, eh? Yeah, he's a funny dude. He's uh, he's definitely uh, not. He doesn't shy away 
from his personality. So he's, you can tell he's a locker room guy. 100%. And it, it totally explains why he got to go, uh, go nuts for doing the, the starting lineup for the cup clenching game, game five. But what's crazy was he dropped the fact on us that he also did it the year before on the, you know, the cup in clinching Dallas, game. Yeah. Dallas and the cup clinching game. So he's three for three. Or wait, was uh no, I'm thinking about the same game. So two for two. Yeah, he's, it was Dallas and then this year with yeah. Montreal. And he yeah. reads the starting lineup for both games where Tampa Bay can uh clinch and like win the Stanley Cup and you know close out the series. And he's done it both times and they won both times. So maybe maybe you have a little bit of luck on your side with Berger still being in the room, you know, even though you're you're the new guy as the e bug. Yeah, I think I think he still has more pressure than me. Yeah. Uh, that that pregame speech, that's what that it made him want to run through a wall. So yeah, it gets you it gets you fired up. Um, but outside of that, moving on to our uh, special guest. He's been in the the news a lot. Social media has gone crazy for him. The Seattle Kraken have not stopped posting about him. It is Chris Drieger. What do you think of this one, Kyle? I mean, obviously, it's a lot of fun getting to talk to him. He's just a really cool dude. But, uh, I mean, like you just brought up, like he's got to become like an influencer at some point. I mean, ever since the whole expansion draft in Seattle, like he's 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 like the guy to kind of, you know, like, I think he was the first guy signed. He was the first guy posted by Seattle. Like, he's kind of, like, getting up there with with who's who of the Seattle Kraken. So, I think it's pretty cool. And then, obviously, he killed it with his pads and, and setup this year. So, he's it's just – he's becoming a hockey influencer, I'd say. It's too bad, though, that his dog probably has a stronger foothold in social media than he does, though, you know? Right, but maybe he can – maybe he can, you know – play it to his advantage to collab yeah a little little collab i mean those are those are huge right now everyone doing the pet instagrams yeah and then the the kraken posted it i think the nhl posted them too so like i mean he's got to use it on to his advantage and really just pump his own tires it'll be it'll be good it's interesting and you know hopefully if he gets a big enough social media uh stronghold or whatever hold a grasp over social media and maybe he can become like a just straight influencer just retire from hockey be an influencer and start fighting all these other youtubers i feel like chris could hold his own against bryce hall (laughs) become a boxer but hey maybe if maybe if he gets enough pull he could actually get some furniture for his place yeah that's that's tough man you sign a three-year deal and you're playing in the national and your furniture just it ain't there, man. You got a bed and no chair. So you go from like you walk in the door to bed <laughs> to the bed. It's like playing Sims and you just started out and you got no furniture in the house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a tough life. Um, But yeah, let's send it over to Chris and then uh, Kyle, you got anything else? No, I think we're good. We'll see you guys next time. Next week, we'll have another uh, big guest, big guest. So stay tuned. Be sure to follow, like, subscribe um drop comments on our posts you know let us know you know who you want to hear from let us know the questions you want answered we'll uh we're open to all that so we'll catch you next week kyle i'll see ya yeah uh chris how are you buddy what's up guys thanks for having me i'm doing well i uh just got back from the rink so i'm i'm chilling looking forward to talking to you guys how long have you been in seattle now since because you came in 
You came in the day that they did the draft or a couple days before that, right? What is that, about a month now? Yeah, but no. So they flew me in for the draft. That was just two days, and I zipped back to Boston where I spent my summers. Um, did another couple of weeks there, and then, uh, what is it, 22nd? So I got here, I think, the 6th, so two, two and a half weeks. So I've been oh. hanging out trying to get a yeah get a, get a feel for the place. Man, you're still feel fresh, fresh. Yeah, pretty fresh, I guess. Two and a half weeks. I just moved into my apartment like a couple days ago. So I got no furniture. Trying to make it happen over here. I have my bed still. So that's the so, good news. Me, me and Ed were talking about it last week. But um, in terms of how the whole leak went for the draft, did you like, when did you find out? How did you, you know, how did that process go of finding out you're going there and then eventually heading out there and then seeing all the leaks happen? Yeah, the leaks were crazy. But um, so my experience with the draft was like, um, I guess not everyone's experience by any means. So I, I was a free, like I'm, I was a free agent yeah. with Florida. So like, I guess the process is like, you can't really talk any numbers with anyone beforehand, but like you can kind of feel out like what teams need, if they need goalies kind of things, you sort of get a sense for it, but like, not really. So it sounded like there's teams interested and Seattle had said that they were interested, um, like during this season. So like, I knew I was kind of on their radar, but, um, what ended up happening was, uh, Florida gave Seattle like negotiating rights, like a week before, like everyone else got them. So they got that worked out. So then like we were negotiating with them and they ended up giving me kind of like exactly what I was looking for. So they were pretty high up, like. You know, you kind of have a group of teams like, hey, I really want to go here. You know, a group of teams like, you know, I'd be happy going here, but maybe not as good as this group. And like Seattle was in this group at the top. So it was like kind of a no brainer for me. So I found out like a week before the draft, like we had the deal done and everything. And they're like, oh, you can't nice. tell so anyone. You were, you were kind of on like the inside seeing everything unfold and, and you were yeah. back watching it. Pretty much. Yeah. And then like they, yeah. So they, and then like it got leaked that I signed and whatever, like pretty, I mean, it was a week. So like people were going to find out. Um, but no one else knew until like the night before the day before. And then I guess they submitted the, the name, like the list of guys that they took to the league. Like at, I think they had to be in at like 10 or 11 AM or something like that. And at like, like 15 minutes later, like 30 minutes later or something like all of a sudden the whole, the whole list is on Twitter. So was, I know the like the crack it like like Ron Francis was like not he was not happy at all and none of I mean obviously you know it's this huge ordeal this like big production that they have at the draft like announcing all these names and I forget who what the guy's name was but it's on Twitter tweeting the whole thing out yeah. that was a tough one but it is what so, it is did did you talk to the guys because I was just curious from like a fan perspective of um, how far in advance these guys knew like, cause weren't they flown in the day of the draft to be there? So there's only, yeah. So there's only six of us that got flown in for the draft. So it was pretty last minute. I think it sounded like other than me, like the other guys found out like legit the day before. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. Hey, pack, pack yeah. an overnighter. You're hopping on the jet tomorrow morning. Get, get going. Yeah. <laughs> and some of the guys came from Canada. Like a few of the guys came from, uh, so Ebbs, Everly and, uh, Hayden Fleury came in from Calgary. 
And with the COVID tests and all that, they couldn't get him in fast enough. So they they sent the team PJ to pick him up. So they're you're grabbing me from the airport. I'm, and then we pull up to a different airport. I'm like, what's going on over here? And they're like, yeah, we PJ the boys in. I'm like, what? I got the short end of the stick, I guess. Where's my <laughs> deal on that? What do you have? Spirit yeah. Airlines out of Boston or something? <laughs> yeah, no. No, they hooked it up. I mean, they, they hooked me up with some first class, which is nice. But um, they, yeah, they're right in style over there. But I think it was important that they had some people in for yeah. the draft. But I think it would have been a logistical nightmare getting, yeah. you know, 30 guys in. So they kind of did it with us six and, and went from there. Driggs pulled up in the car waiting at the PJ and just starts texting the agent. What what's what happened here on my deal? Yeah, I got the, yeah, I got shafted. What's yeah. yeah, he got the got drink that's on the plane though. What's that? Uh, free the drink vouchers. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm like <laughs> I got the drink vouchers. These guys are on the PJ riding style, like splayed out, <laughs> taking a nap on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> uh classic goalie treatment. Um so we talked last summer a little bit. Obviously, you had your year with Florida. We got to play some games. It was a weird kind of COVID situation, no All-Star game, stuff like that. But, uh, I mean, looking back at the summer, uh, I know you spent a lot of time in Boston. Outside of that, uh, what did you do this summer? Anything sweet? Uh, well, my girlfriend and I started off the summer with, we did like two weeks, two and a bit weeks in Hawaii. So that was fun. Sick. That was that was a good way to kick it off. Yeah. I was like, you know what? We haven't traveled for like a year or pretty much been two years at that point. Yeah. So it was like, we're due for a vacation. So we kind of sent it over to Hawaii. We bounced around a couple islands. Um, we actually stopped in San Diego on the way there as kind of, cause I mean, so Boston to Hawaii is like a 12 hour flight. So we're like, yeah, let's break a it fun up. Ride. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's break it up, do three days in San Diego. And then we jumped over to Hawaii, did a couple different islands over there. So we had a blast doing that. And then after that, we just kind of went back uh, to Boston, rented a place there, hung out, uh, trained there, uh, skated there and kind of made some trips down to Cape Cod. Oh yeah. Um, every once in a while, she's beautiful down there. We went to Nantucket a couple times, just day trips over on the ferry. Really, really nice place. Um, we had a ton of fun, had some buddies down, showed them Boston and the Cape, um, and then finished it off with a quick trip to Winnie, my hometown. Showed my girlfriend uh, where, I, where you know my roots, and uh, that was pretty much it. Then we went back, yeah, back to Boston and zipped over to Seattle. So that was pretty much my summer in a nutshell. Yeah, it's a sweet summer spot out there. But um, what? So what's it been like? Obviously, I you train with Stop it out there with with Joey Decord, and then he got uh, picked up in the expansion draft. So you know, did you have a relationship with him prior to this summer? Yeah, so I first met Joey. Actually, we were both in Ottawa at the same time. So I met him when he was just a young, a young buck. I think he was freshly drafted, like seventeen or eighteen years old. Um, and he was, yeah. So he was, I mean, real young. So we, I mean, we crossed paths a little bit then, and then, uh, and then, yeah, and then. So last summer, so not this past summer, but the one before, I, uh, my girlfriend couldn't cross the border to go back to Canada, so with COVID in, in full force. So we decided to live in Boston. So I needed a place to train. Um, I talked to some of my old goalie coaches with Ottawa. Um, and he basically said like, Hey, you should call up Mike Conn and he's training. And I think you might know Joey Decord, you know, he's training there too. His, his dad has a place. So I said, all right, let's check it out. 
And, uh, yeah, so we started doing that, started getting to know Joey a little bit better. And, uh, you know, some of the other guys there, they've got a great group of pros there. I think the first year it was like, um, you know, Mike Condon was there, uh, Corey Schneider, myself, um, Colin Delia was there for a bit. Um, Joey, obviously. So it was, it was a good group of guys, yeah. a lot of pro guys. Um, and then a few more guys too. Another guy, Sean Bonner, uh, Princeton goalies played, popped around in the uh, coast American league a little bit for the last like 10 years. He's, he's a legend. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then uh, it was funny. We were so in Boston, um, I was hanging out with Joey at one point. Um, I came over to see his place. He'd rented a pretty nice place in Seaport. Uh, so I went over to check it out and we're like out on the balcony and I was like, he's like, so like, what are you thinking for this, you know, next season? Cause this is when I'm full free agency mode no idea where I'm going to end up. And I was like, I don't know. It sounds like Seattle's interested. And he's, uh, and he's like, yeah, it sounds like Seattle might be interested in me too. I was like, huh, wouldn't that be funny if we were teammates? And then, <laughs> you know, a month and a half later, a month later, all of a sudden we both get drafted and now we're in Seattle together. So a uh, small world and funny how that works. Yeah. That's sweet though. You get to go in and like for camp, at least you got a couple of good guys there that you can really bounce off of and uh, gel and just kind of get things rolling. Right. Easy start at least uh, sure. as easy as it could be with a brand new franchise. So um, circling back to Hawaii, man, you do any little, little surfing or anything like that? I did. So I wanted to do like, I, I planned it out. I was like, okay, I'm going to do a bunch of surfing when I get to Hawaii. <laughs> I surfed once and I was, and like the, the lessons were full. Like I, I think I went surfing once when I was like in Hawaii, like 12 or something. So I am by no means a so you're surfer. A pro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So I was like, ah, how hard can it be? So I go out there and I'm like, this is impossible. Like, I have no worst, idea what I'm doing. Like, worst place I'm to just, try to pick it up, too. Like, those yeah. are the real deal. Yeah. So I was, we we're, I tried in Waikiki, which is like the tourist area of Honolulu. And the waves were like good for beginners, but it was so jam packed out there. Like, it's like the tourists like area, right? So it's like just jammed. So it was not an ideal setup, especially for a guy like me who had no idea what I was doing. Like, I didn't know when to start like, like paddling. I had like no clue how to like really get up on the thing. And like you lay down on it and you're wobbling all over the place. So it was, yeah, I, I for sure needed some lessons and I didn't get them. And then after that, I was kind of discouraged. So I never, we did a lot of hiking. We did some other stuff, saw some cool, cool things and did some sightseeing. We went up a volcano in Maui, which is pretty cool um but yeah unfortunately no more surfing so i'm gonna have to go back and do a little more surfing i think so let me get this right your schedule is probably you had this itinerary where like every day for about two hours you just oh, i'm gonna surf i'm gonna surf i'm gonna surf after that one time yeah. you're just like yeah we gotta fill that with some hiking or something uh, out the window <laughs> <laughs> smell you later yeah Not yeah happening. exactly that's pretty much how it went it's too bad you didn't get the guy from uh forgetting sarah marshall when paul rudd was doing the uh the surfing surfing lesson he's just like dude you just gotta pop up pop up man pop up <laughs> <laughs> just pop up yeah and that's what i was saying in my head like just get up chris like it should be no problem but uh yeah a little easier said than done it turns out yeah it's like playing goalie just stop the puck chris just stop it that's it you just gotta <laughs> get what, behind it <laughs> that's what my coaches keep telling me i'm working on it <laughs> um i do see you picked up a new pup this summer maui in the city right Maui in the city, you guys are on top of it. Dialed, man. Um, that's pretty exciting. You're a dog dad now. What's the adjustment been like? 
so it's been great other than the dogs back in Boston and uh, with my girlfriend. So I'm like, you know, you get to know this new puppy and you're all excited. And then now she's on the other side of the country. So that's kind of a bummer, but uh, it's been great. Like, you know, we, we now are like, what the heck did we do before we had the puppy? Like, really takes up our like all of our day like we're like what, honestly what were we doing because they just i mean this require a lot of work but it's great like i don't know and they're so cute when when they're puppies too like she's you know super super cute we went to nantucket um maybe like two or three weeks after we got her just for the day mm-hmm. we're walking her around and like i must have had to tell like 200 different people like what kind of breed of dog she was it was like <laughs> everyone on the island like knew who this dog was by the end because like just if you have a puppy people just like love it you know so they flock to you and kids love it and all that stuff so it was a bit much but it's uh it's been great and she's been awesome so um i miss her though like yeah i'm i'm looking forward to having her out in seattle for sure i believe it well i mean it makes sense though that she was that popular on the island because uh her Instagram is just like on fire. She might be almost more popular than you on socials. I think she is. I think she is. Yeah. My girl's got, a, she's got a, a hold of that. Like she's, uh, she's doing a great job and I think she got a little love. I think, I think Seattle, like I think the Kraken, like at one point posted the Kraken puppies or something like that. And that got a little, a little bit of heat on it. So, but yeah, no, she, the, the, it's funny. Like I, I keep telling my girlfriend, I'm like, you know, it's possible to have a dog and, not have an instagram but i guess I'm, i guess i'm wrong because everyone every one of them in the league has an instagram yeah that's just kind of the way she goes that's today's day and age um for sure but chris i want to circle back because you mentioned earlier and i forgot to bring ask right when you said it but uh t- seattle was top of your list like it sounded like you had like almost like an a b and c pool of teams that like yeah this is where we'd want to go if this scenario happened, I'll end up here. Like, no big deal. I'm okay with this. And these are teams that I'm okay with, blah, blah, but, you know, prefer A or B pool. What what made Seattle, like, top of your list? Is it because it's close to home? Um, you want to be out west? What's uh, what's the big, I, I guess, draw there? So there's a couple things. I mean, it's pretty complicated to, like, figure out. Pretty hard to figure out, like, you know, what's really important. Um to you and signing. And, and one of them for me was to be on a good team where I could perform at my best. That's kind of the top of the list. Cause you know, I signed a bit of a, I guess you could call it a bridge deal, like a three-year deal. And hopefully I could, you know, get something, um, after that, um, you know, let's, let's use this as kind of a building block. So yeah, if you go to a team that's no good, um, definitely makes it harder as a goaltender to, you know, perform your best and put up good numbers and win is what you want to do it's also less fun to lose all the time so winning is uh yeah winning is one of the things i'm here to do so i wanted to be on a team that would be um you know top of the standings kind of thing so there's so there's some teams that are on the list there's i also wanted a team that played well defensively uh so one of the one of the things that i considered was uh ron francis our gm um he built the carolina hurricanes pretty much from the ground up and i i played against carolina a ton and uh they're not that fun to play against and they're, they're pretty good really yeah, yeah they're pretty good um so he did a fantastic job building that team um and i think you know that gave me a lot of faith in him and whether you know whether or not it's this year or next year or whatever like i'm pretty confident that you know given 
a little bit of runway, this team's going to have a ton of success. So I also like the expansion, like aspect of it, you know, like it's super exciting to be a part of a new franchise. Now that you have 32 teams, you got to think that there's not going to be any more expansion teams. So this is kind of the end of the expansion era. I I could see teams moving from one location to another, but you're never really going to have another like 32 is such an even, like a perfect even number for the the brackets. Yeah, it sounds pretty good. So you got to think this is the last one. I mean, obviously I could be wrong, um, but just to be a part of that in the city of Seattle, nonetheless, which is, you know, an awesome city. Um, you know, it's really a world-class city out here. So uh, I love the West coast. I love the mountains. Um, it is close to home. You know, I, I played a year junior in tri cities. So there's a lot of factors that went into it. And uh, yeah, so that was kind of, that was kind of where I was coming from on that one. I get it. Um I mean, that, that, that is the nice part. You played in the dub. I mean, you've, you're not a stranger to the area. It's been a little bit since you've been back, but uh, you want to talk about a fan base though, that really gets behind their teams. I, I, you know, I haven't seen it, but between the Mariners, the Seahawks, and I, I don't know what the soccer team's called the Sounders. Oh, the sound. Yeah. The Sounders. So like I hear for all their, their teams, like Seattle, the city and their fan base get behind them for everything. And if, if you look at the hype on social, you look at the internet and you look at all the news and articles and stuff like that coming out, I'm really excited to see when they open up uh, the rink and you guys have your first game. It's, I, I think it's going to be electric. Uh, Dude, it's going to be nuts. It's going to be nuts. And like, I remember when I was in Florida, Seattle just got like approval for their team. And one of the guys was laughing. Like they looked at the, the Kraken Instagram and they looked at the Florida Instagram and the Kraken had more followers than Florida did. And they were like a year out of like, <laughs> hadn't played a playing, game. <laughs> yeah. A year away from playing their first game. So like that just goes to show, you know, like they're doing such a good job with, with marketing and, and their PR and stuff like that. So, and it's really a top notch organization. Like I didn't know it was going to be so well run, but coming here, like I've just been blown away. Yeah. Like they have so, it's so well run and the rink is just like, it's perfect. Like you can't, I, I, you know, they made it from scratch, right? So everything's exactly as you want. There's no corners cut. They've got tons of people helping us out. Like just for example, like we have someone, uh, a girl whose job it is just to make sure that the, like wives and girlfriends are taken care of and anything that they need, you know? So it's like, you don't, I didn't have that in other organizations I was in it and they have, you know, multiple people in different jobs that, you know, that are here to help us and kind of make our jobs a little bit easier. So they're, they're doing a really good job and, and uh, yeah, I've got nothing but positive to say so far. Well, and so for some of the listeners, I don't think like when you mentioned that, like you have, I, I forget, like, is it kind of like a liaison uh, position where, you make sure, like you said, the wives and girlfriends are acclimated. They're doing okay. They have their stuff and, you know, they have a point of contact for help or, you know, any sort of communication that they might need. Like that, for you guys as players, that's huge because it's one less thing that you got to worry about because obviously your job is you're getting to this new city. It's a brand new franchise. So you want, you want to do well, you want to feel good. And then to like have to make sure that your partner, your wife, girlfriend, whatever coming in has everything they need and everything like that, having that point of contact with the team to make sure they're taken care of is just one less thing that everyone's got to stress about. So you think you talk about Seattle providing things like that, like you said, top notch. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, no, they're doing a, they're doing a great job. Like, 
and, and that's just like one example, but like that's a that's a theme throughout the organization. Like they're really they're really going the extra step to take care of the players and and everyone associated with the team. So it's been it's been really good. No detail missed. Um, I know you've only been in Seattle, like we said, for about two weeks now. Um, there's a lot of touristy stuff in there, but the first thing that we got to get into, man, like last time we talked, you were a huge espresso guy coming to Seattle. Starbucks. Was that, was that your thing where you're like, man, I can get some really good coffee out there. Well, um, back on the topic of girlfriends, we went, uh, first ever Starbucks in Seattle. So we, we checked that out. We waited in the line to get a, I, I think it was a normal coffee. Maybe, you know what? I think they had some special, like only, you can only get this coffee there. So uh, it was cool to see. Um, yeah, we've had our coffee at the rink. I think Star- well, Starbucks is a sponsor of our team. And, and oh, life's good, baby. <laughs> yeah, so they've, they've got the coffee set up pretty good. And there's just a bunch of like little like boutique coffee shops around. It seems to be a pretty uh, popular thing to do is open a coffee shop in Seattle. So there's a lot, lot of options, a lot of places to, to oh. go and, and uh, have a good cup of coffee. The other thing Ev was brought up that we're not sure on, but you would know is, is Amazon involved with the rink? Yeah. So Amazon's like the biggest sponsor of climate pledge arena, but I guess their thing is like, as soon as you put your name on a sports arena, your company starts to to die. That's what they think. So they chose not to put their name on it and just, I guess, fund a bunch of it and like get out advertising with it. Yeah, I, I don't know. So but shout out to them. You're Amazon and Starbucks, so not a bad place to yeah. Decide. Not a bad tandem. Yeah, no, it's it's been it's been good. We're fortunate. And like our ownership has been unbelievable. One of our majority owners is the CEO of Amazon, uh, Andy Jassy. So we, we actually met him at the draft, which is, I mean pretty cool. He's obviously a wildly Probably doing successful well. guy. <laughs> yeah, I think he's doing okay. <laughs> so no, it was cool. I mean, it, it, everything's top notch here. It's a, you know, the city's incredible too. Like they have, like I'm living right beside a Google building. Um, you know, they have Amazon. I was walking downtown. Um, they have these like Amazon globes or spheres, I think they're called. And yes. like you got to you got to Google these things. Like it's insane. So they, like it's like okay, Jeff, we get it. You're rich. Like you didn't have to build this, but he did. He's just like, there's these spheres in the middle of downtown and they're all glass and they're like, there's a tropical garden in them, but you can only go in. Yeah, it's a joke. So you can only go in them if you work for Amazon, but like they have a couple restaurants that are in the spheres. It's crazy. Like you guys got to Google a picture of it and you're just like, what is this doing downtown? Like, it's just kind of a futuristic, like just a crazy thing that only someone with unlimited money would make, but you know, it's pretty cool. So when money's printed on trees it's uh it's something you can build but it's funny yeah. you brought that up uh chris because i i was reading about that and i was gonna bring it up but i didn't i couldn't figure out a way to like tee this off but obviously this makes it easy but there's like for anyone that's super into weird facts there's like four thousand different species of uh vegetation so like trees bushes anything like that they they said it's almost like a man-made rainforest in the middle of seattle in these two buildings or the spheres so it's really, really cool place for them to uh, to drop that. And it's unreal to look at, like you said. Yeah, super cool. You guys, yeah, like anyone listening got to Google a picture of this thing. It's crazy. <laughs> the spheres. Um, the spheres, yeah. Talking about touristy stuff, you did you did the original Starbucks, everything like that. Did you go to Pike Place, the market spot? 
Yeah, yeah. So, so the original Starbucks is in Pike Place, oh, okay. uh, and that makes and sense. the market's really cool. Yeah, it's it's kind of touristy, but like if you go if you're going to Seattle, it's definitely worth checking out. There's some cool, like super unique, like little shops and and stuff that you just wouldn't really see anywhere else. And Seattle's cool. Like there's kind of this like grungy side to Seattle, where and you sort of see it in Pike Place too, where you know like Nirvana was was a, uh, started in Seattle. There's like a kind of a grungy like rock like 90s rock kind of started here so it's kind of this like sneaky undercover scene i saw saw the the gum wall there's like a gum wall in pike place market there's just gum all over the walls it's you know probably not, not the most sanitary especially during covid but it's uh kind of cool to see and uh what else do we do when i was in um when they when they flew me in for the draft we went up and saw the uh the, the space needle um which has a pretty cool view of the mountains and the city and all that stuff. So saw some, yeah, saw some cool stuff around Seattle. Definitely still more to see, but uh, trying to check things off one by one here. So fun fact, the space needle actually isn't in space. It's in Seattle. So I thought that was interesting as well. <laughs> that um, is, that's definitely a fun fact. <laughs> uh, <laughs> something you didn't mention. I was going to say about the gum wall. Uh, if you've ever oh, looked it up, I remember seeing I just, this on Vine. I just looked it up. This looks disgusting. It's disgusting. Yeah. But there's there was a so vine good. a long time ago. I remember seeing that a guy at the gum wall like licked the wall, and I almost like I threw up a little bit in my mouth. But if you look, you know, some like guy licks gum wall in Seattle. If you YouTube that, there are so many people that have licked that wall that just makes you sick. Yeah, I don't see myself googling <laughs> that, but I'm uh, <laughs> I'm sure that it is. If you shocking. got time, Chris, if you get bored, you know, like you guys are, you know, I don't know if I want to see that. <laughs> I don't know if I want to choose to see uh, that. <laughs> that's like who's ever place this was because it just they're just an absolute victim in this. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of like an alley, so there's not really like it's not like anyone's. It's just kind of the back of some buildings. But you walk through it and it smells like a mix of like oh peppermint and like cinnamon. Yeah, it's weird. A little bit of spit, a little bit of... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like old stale spit and gum. Yeah, it's not... Yeah. I guess it's maybe cool to see once, but that that's probably about it. Once from a distance, probably. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, exactly. So another fun thing that I wanted to inform you about, Chris, is there's, called, there's a thing called the Fremont Troll. It's actually older than you. It's 30 years old and it is underneath what they call the Aurora Bridge. And right. it was built for an art prize uh, contest. And it's this huge troll that lives under the bridge. So you got to pay the toll to cross that bridge. All right. I'll have to go check out the troll. Yeah. It's a, that, it's, that it's older than me. Yeah. It's a so big time Instagram it. spot. So it's okay, uh, cool, cool. something you and the gal can go grab and get your Instagram pics for. Um, I'll, uh, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> um, I do have some fun facts for you. So everybody calls Seattle like the rainiest city in all of America, right? But mm -hmm. did you know Seattle has the least amount of rainfall compared to Houston, Chicago, and New York City? So in Houston, Chicago, and New York City, those cities see more rain than Seattle actually does. Well, I'll tell you what, I've been here for two and a half weeks now and it hasn't been that rainy. Like it's been sunny, like straight sunny, probably half the time, probably overcast like a quarter of the time and raining the other quarter. So false like stereotypes. We got to break them, you, right? You got to take those numbers. Like the last couple of days, it's been beautiful. So 
I'm not, I'm not sure what all this hype is about this rainy city and whatever, but I guess it get, it's supposed to get more rainy when the winter comes, but, uh, I I'll tell you what, I'd take rain or overcast over snow and, you know, minus 20 any day of the week, but that's just me. Especially compared to Winnie, man. <laughs> yeah, um, tell me about it. Did you know, this is another weird fact that in Seattle, they, the people of Seattle buy the most sunglasses compared to any other u.s city per capita i don't know what it is if it's the overcast or the lack of rain that everyone supposedly says you guys have but you guys buy the most sunglasses in seattle compared to any other city in the u.s including tampa there uh kyle sorry and miami and miami that's a very obscure fact and thank you for that no problem and my my last stupid one here I mean, we talked about your deal a little bit. You know, you got a couple of years, a couple more years after this there. A houseboat. Apparently, Seattle has the most houseboats in the country. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, if you're ever thinking about something more permanent, more mobile, uh, a little bit more easy access to the water, a houseboat's a great idea, Chris. I was actually looking on Zillow. My initial idea was like, hey, let's buy a place here. And then I saw the real estate market. And I was like, mm, maybe not. <laughs> so uh, I was, I did see some houseboats and they're pretty cool. I don't know if that's like a thing that I'd want to live in every single day, but it is, it is cool. So I, I agree with you on that. Well, there is a famous athlete that lived uh, in a houseboat when he was playing football and the replacements, Joe Falco, he did it. There you go. He did it. So why not me? <laughs> why not? Why not me? <laughs> um, outside of that, man, I wanted to ask, you're going into a brand new franchise, obviously, you know, you're getting a new goalie coach, new staff, everything like that. What's your mentality going into it? Because it's relatable for the kids out there, whether you're playing in the dub, you're doing, you know, you're playing juniors in uh, the NA or you're just, you know, on a new team in your city and you're, you know, you're 14, 15, 16 years old and you're on a new squad. You got to deal with new staff. Like, how do you kind of go into that uh, mentally, Chris? Yeah, I mean, um, I try and just go in with an open mind. I mean, like uh, as soon as um, so Andrew Allen is our goalie coach here and he's going to be my principal point of contact, you know, with the coaching staff and whatnot, usually. In my experience, you have a pretty good relationship with your goalie coach and he kind of is the liaison to the coaching staff. And, you know, you talk to, I'll talk to him, you know, 10 times as much as I'll talk to the head coach. Mm -hmm. So uh, as soon as he got the job, he gave me a call. We had a nice long conversation and, uh, you know, we got, we, we hit it off pretty much right away. I I like his style. He's very um, easy to work with and like very willing to take what, you know, what has given me success and you know kind of supplement that um and he's very big on on just being uh you know this being a a a relationship and and not like a his way or the highway kind of thing it's a uh a collaboration so um so it's been good so you know we're just trying to get to know each other a little bit more i'm I'm trying to tell my routines that have worked for for me in the past um you know we had a great video session we're just trying to you know go over some of my clips from last season. Um, some things that he noticed that I did when things were going well and, you know, some things, uh, that maybe we could clean up a little bit. So, um, yeah, just trying to go in and, you know, try and be myself and get to know everyone. It's a bit of a process cause everyone's new. Right. So, um, kind of got to get to know everyone. Um, but it's exciting too, you know, like we're all, we're all going to bond over the fact that we're the first, 
ever see Al Kraken, uh team uh, as a part of the franchise. So, um, yeah, we're just trying to kind of get to know each other now. We've been to a couple events together as a team, or uh, or most of the guys at least. Um, went to a Seahawks game, my first ever Seahawks game a couple of days How ago. How sick was, was that? Cool. It was electric in there, man. Like electric. These fans are incredible. So I can't imagine like it, like it was loud to the point where you couldn't have a conversation with the person right beside you. Um, so I can't imagine how it's, how loud it's going to be in climate pledge arena where like all that energy is like covered by a roof, you know? So I think it's going to be a lot of fun, but uh, we went to a Mariners game not too long ago. Um, so yeah, just trying to get to know the guys and, get to know the coaching staff and you know, those things will like the play and, and stuff like that will kind of take care of itself. 100%. Um, and obviously with us being uh, a bunch of Vaughn guys here, got to ask about the gear. I did see, you know, there's been a couple videos. We dropped one where we did the behind the scenes, like, you know, Ashley designing it, everybody cutting and sewing it to it actually getting shipped out the door. And then recently, you know, your Everett from Seattle, uh, did a little, you know, sit down with you and you guys did the unboxing, but I heard through that video between you and our staff, there were like 30, 40 plus designs. Is that right, Chris? Yeah, I said 30. It might've been more than that though. I'll have to go, go through my phone. Cause like there was a lot. Yeah. Ashley like did an incredible job. She went to town on the, on the design. So I kind of shot this off as an idea. We actually were thinking about doing something in Florida. Um, and then it was kind of like the season was ending and we're like, well, maybe let's wait till next season. You know, I'm a free agent. Let's not make my first custom set of pads, you know, use them for playoffs and that's it. Like, let's, and then be done. You know, <laughs> yeah. And then be done. Um, Cause it seemed like I would probably end up elsewhere. So, uh yeah i shot her well yes yeah, so we got in touch and and uh between adam burkle uh myself and ashley we kind of you know she said she sent me like 10 to start she's like these are what we're thinking and i'm like uh i you know wipe I the slate like clean <laughs> hate these really like these and then adam goes oh yeah we actually can't do this one and this one because it's too detailed and i'm like okay how about we do something like this and they go all right she goes back to the drawing board, draws up a couple more, or like another 10, 15, sends those to me. I go, okay, I kind of like this one. Can we change this, this, and this? And uh, she goes and tweaks it a little bit, sends me back another 10. And we kind of settle on that. Yeah, and we go from there. So, it, But I think some of them were like like lists of 15 and like that might have happened twice. I don't know. It was So there was a lot of, <laughs> there was a lot that went into it, but I'm, I'm pumped with the way that it worked out and you know, something like that, like you want to make sure that it's, that it's perfect, right? Like you don't want to go in and and make a custom design that you're not like really happy with. So what we ended up doing, I'm, I'm really pumped about. I, I think it's super cool how we have that like tentacle coming up. Um, like we have the logo. I love the eyes kind of lower down on the pads. Um, I think those are just like super cool little accents that um, you wouldn't see on a normal bond design, but it keeps kind of the classic vaughn look of like sort of that like i don't know even know the flowy wave thing that you got in there um it's just i feel like it's such a a classic vaughn look and it's my style too i like mostly white and got a little bit of the the cracking in there it's it's kind of right up my alley so i couldn't have been happier 
the perfect yeah. synergy, right? Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, too, one of the – I mean, you talked about Seattle just doing everything right. I mean, they just killed it with those jerseys. I think uh, when those got released, everybody was pumped to just anticipation to to see what the goalies were going to do with it. So definitely uh, yeah, pretty pretty sweet palette to work with and pulled it off. For sure. I mean, those colors are something that like, like they had to custom, you guys had to custom order the, I, I don't even know what the blue is called, but the lightest of the blues. And we ended up getting it like as the pads were getting designed. So we're like, all right, let's throw it in last minute. So we threw it in and, and we got that, uh, that like fluorescent kind of like a neon blue yeah. uh, that's on the face of the pad there. So that's, that was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, lots of work within the, in the design and the jerseys look so sharp. Love the logo. I mean, it's going to be a very unique, like it's a unique yeah. jersey. You're not going to be able to miss a Kraken jersey. I think they were talking, Hack was talking, uh, Dave Hexel, our head coach, was talking about our jersey sales today. And it was like, I forget exactly what number it was, but like something like 8,000. I think it might have been 8,000 jerseys in like the first five days. So like they've just been pumping these things out. Yeah. So I guess, I guess people are excited, man, which is exactly what you want to see. I mean, me and Kyle are both in a lot of youth rinks still and like coaching, playing, doing all that kind of stuff. Everywhere I go, whether it's the high school team I deal with, the young kids team I'm dealing with, uh, their 10 and unders, um, or just going out and being in rinks, like doing evaluations or demo days and stuff like that. There's always Seattle gear, whether it's a t-shirt, hats, hoodies, yeah. everybody's a Seattle fan now. And I, I love really? this because I'm in the Midwest. Well, I'm all over, you know, Minnesota, Michigan, get down to the yeah. South a little bit. Everyone's got Seattle gear. Everyone is pumped no about way. this new team. Yeah. That's I, cool. I'll second that. I've seen a lot of people just wearing like a, like a hat or like a t-shirt or something, Seattle. So. And that's coming that's from a really kid cool. who's in Tampa, who just, you know, the city just won back to back cups and you still got people switching over to Seattle. Yeah, I, I think that. It, well, it's like people who are just hockey fans. Like, I mean, how often are you going to get like, like you said, this is probably one of the last expansion teams ever. So I think people just want to to have a piece of that history and you know be able to own something of it. Before I was drafted um, and signed with the Kraken, I actually saw a guy in a in a Kraken shirt in Hawaii. I was like, no way. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's pretty cool. I like that style. You give him a little finger, the thumb, and you give him a little wink. That's pretty sweet, man. I'll see ya. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I thought that was pretty interesting. That's a long ways away from, uh, you know, from Seattle. So that was pretty cool. That's awesome, man. Um, my last thing here is I wanted to ask we always talk about adversity and stuff like that. Uh, for goalies, especially, we deal with it in a different way. We're like, you know, as much as we're on a team, you know, when you get out on the ice, you're kind of mentally, you're fighting on your own, trying to like, just stay focused, do all these things to play well and, you know, give your team a chance. Obviously uh, there's in the news and the media and a lot of people that don't really know hockey, keep talking about where Seattle's at, the way it was drafted and everything. And, you know, they, you know, all these outsiders believe that you guys might not have as good a team as what could have been put together when you face stuff like that in the media and you, you guys are hearing that as a team, do you, do you just ignore it or how do you get through that? How do you push through or like, you know, is it just something, like I said, you ignore completely? Yeah. I mean, I don't really pay too much attention to that. Like I feel like the less time you spent with, you know, your head buried in the media, probably the better, especially as a goalie. For sure. Uh, you, know, you know, everything's great when things are going well, but all of a sudden, you, you know, you have a couple of bad games, you know, the media that you know wants your head on a stick. They want so. you out, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I try to stay away from that stuff. But 
I mean, I think that, you know, everyone here has a, tre- a tremendous amount of, of faith in, in the coaching staff and, and, and Ron. So, I mean, regardless of, you know, who was picked or whatever, like he didn't do it for no reason. You know, I'm, I, I think we're working with a lot of cap space right now. And, uh, I don't think they're afraid to spend within the cap. So, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, if, uh, you know, management has some, some tricks up their sleeve or something like that. So, we'll see. I mean, we have our, we have our group now and it looks pretty good. I mean, we've got a great group of leaders in the room and they really drafted uh, and signed guys based on their, uh, their character. So we have like, you know, a ton of great guys in the room and, and guys that, you know, know how to win too. So I think it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how everything, you know, plays out and where guys slide, slot in on the lineup. But I know our, you know, our uh, identity of the team is going to be, exactly what we want and i think once you have that built you can kind of add from there i think you hit it on the head because you look at that training camp roster and like there's a lot of strong strong players um but you talk about other teams that go in a different direction where you can't do it with an expansion draft but you know teams that sign and put up a lot of big money for a lot of core you know popular uh high talented players but they're not always making deep runs into the playoffs. So that isn't always the, you know, formula for success is what I'm saying. So I think when you guys look at the training camp roster, and if you actually understand hockey and you think about the way a room works, leadership, and like you said, having guys on a team that know how to win, I think Seattle could turn a lot of heads as you guys get moving here uh, based on naysayers that, you know, you're already hearing from now. But I think uh, I'm really, really excited to see once you guys get through training camp, get those first games in, uh, it's going to be a hell of a team. I think so too. And we're super deep. Like, you know, we could have, you know, if you guys get hurt and we got guys like with tons of experience, like ready to, ready to step in and take it. So I think, I think we're, I think we're in a good spot here and uh, I think we still have some room to work with. So I guess we'll see how everything plays out, but uh, I think we're going to be really strong defensively as well, which is kind of what you want to hear if you're a goaltender. So um, our D is, you know, rock solid. We've got some big bodies in front of me. Just eating um, pucks, baby. Yeah, exactly. There's not going to be a ton of guys getting past those guys. You know, we've got Alexiak, Flurry. We've got Giordano, who's just an incredible yeah, leader too. So, there. yeah, just a great pickup. Um, you know, you got to think. I mean, they haven't announced it yet, but you got to think he's going to be our captain. I feel like that's pretty much a no-brainer. Um, but uh, yeah, like we've got and we got some good older guys too, Jaden Schwartz um Eberly, you know we've got we've got guys that know how to score and guys that you know just gritty guys that know how to play and know how to win and i think it's going to be a different style we're not going to be a run and gun team we're going to be structured and we're going to smother teams and and uh you know i think we're going to be tough to play against so it's going to be excited to see it's going to be interesting to see how things how things get started here but i i, I personally like where we're at any Mario Kart guys, or you're, you're going to play solo for a bit? <laughs> I don't have the N64 out here, man. I don't have furniture. I don't have my N64. Um, I'm you have a, a TV, anyway. or you're just literally no, on the bed? And you're... I'm on the bed. Yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a joke. I need my girlfriend out here. Like, I, I can't take care of this stuff. I'm a, I'm a complete disaster, man. He's got a lawn I mean, chair, I, and then he goes from the lawn chair to the bed, and that's it. Dude, I don't even have a lawn chair. Like, I was thinking about going and get something, but I'm like, okay, the furniture's going to come at some point. So it's like, what am I doing? Well, I have one seat in my main room. Uh, the headquarters of Amazon are in Seattle. So, like, 
if yeah. I'm here and I order something and it comes like next day, if you order something, does it come in like five minutes? Like they just, five minutes. They just, they just got I'm, drones that fly it around and it just pops into your, on your balcony. Honestly, they should. I would pay for that. Just like don't throw it onto your balcony. Uh, I don't know. I haven't actually made my first Amazon order yet, but you've got to think if I'm downtown yeah. Seattle, it's got to come here pretty quick. Got to be like instant. There's going to be a guy <laughs> on a bike. One of those, exactly. One of those bikers that's delivering. He just pedaling. He whips by, throws it at you and just keeps on going. No stop. No nothing. Uh, that's what I'm hoping for. I'm kind of counting on it. That was another reason I signed here. <laughs> So uh, one of the last things I kind of just wanted to ask was um, the new the new mask obviously looks sweet. Um, are you a big Pirates of the Caribbean guy or was that just kind of with, with the theme of the Kraken? So I do love I love Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, you know, I'm not like a diehard super fan or anything like that. I do really enjoy the series. Um, but uh, so, I mean, it's can't, it comes with a theme, you know, he's got like control of the Kraken or whatever. Davy Jones does. And then on top of that, one, another one of our majority owners is, uh, Jerry Bruckheimer, who, uh, like he directed, uh, parts of the, or directed or produced one of the two, uh, all the movies. So like he, so I, I thought that was kind of a cool, um, connection as well. Like he was out with us. Um, funny story about Jerry. We're, um, so we're out at the draft and there's six of us. It was, and I think I was in a car with, uh, so he was with us like the whole time Jerry was like, we were shooting, you know, shooting the shit with him and having a good time and whatever. Um, and he, we're in a car. It's like me, Geo, Geo's right beside me. And then I think like, I forget who the other guy in the car was. It might've been Everly or Alexiak or, or something like that. But um, I just remember I was beside Geo and, and Jerry's in the phone in the front seat. So it's like our team services guy. And then it's Jerry and then it's us three in the back. And like, obviously we're not going to like shove Jerry Bruckheimer in the back of the car. Like <laughs> he's got the front seat. So he's on the phone and he's like, I guess he's, I don't know who he's talking to, but it must've been another producer or something like that. Someone else that's going on, um, you know, that's, that he's doing a movie with. And he's like, all right. So um, yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good. Um, you know, what about Mel Gibson? Would he work for the role? And Gio's just like, hammering me like hear that like Mel Gibson and uh we're just like oh shoot like I guess I guess there's some deals going down right now and then uh you know like a couple minutes goes by he's like so what about Will Smith like do you think he would be a good fit and Gio's just hammering me like (laughs) like can you and then I think I forget who the last one I think it was John Travolta yeah, like that was the third one. Just name dropping these guys like it's nothing. Like, yeah, what about Travolta? Yeah, I don't really like him for this one. You know, I think he's, I forget what he said, but I'm just like, geez, I guess, you know, like we're in the thick of it now. Like, where's a couple of schmucks in the back of a car? <laughs> Listen to Jerry Bruckheimer pick his cast for his new movie. So that was pretty cool. I mean, obviously, Jerry's like a legend in, in Hollywood. I remember watching like CSI Miami as a kid and, Horatio Kane would be like putting his sunglasses on at the end of like a corny one-liner at the end of a, a, a of an episode, and it would just cut to black and it would just be Jerry Bruckheimer, and I'd be like, "Oh, is this guy's the man?" So to be rolling around with him for two days in Seattle uh, and having him as an order of the team was pretty cool. Oh yeah, that's unreal. I mean, let's talk about those three. Those are very three very different actors, but uh, unreal name drops and like just guys that like he's handpicking. I'm like, oh. 
Will Smith? No, I don't think he's going to work for this one. Let's go to the next yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it was some of him asking if they were available. I guess some of these guys, like, I guess Will available. I remember they were like, oh, yeah, Will's not working right now. So he's out of the picture, you know. But what about John Travolta and uh, who's the other guy named? Um, uh, Mel, Mel Gibson. Mel Mr. Gibson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mr. Gibson. I was like, geez. I mean, these are some heavy hitters, you know, like obviously he's making a, you know, pretty solid movie. So pretty cool that that guy can just get on the phone and, and uh, you know, figure out which, whether he wants Will Smith, John Travolta, yeah. or Mel Gibson, like, like it's nothing. Which superstar? Let me just flip through my Rolodex here. I'll, I'll pick one yeah. and find somebody. Crazy, crazy. No, but he, uh, yeah, he's, a, he's the man. And obviously he's done super well for himself. So pretty cool to spend some time with him. For sure. Um, I wanted to ask, cause I just realized and I checked, uh, you're still wearing, wearing the big six zero. And I know how you got into that number was kind of like, was it at like a training camp or something? They're like, Oh, like I wanted this. And they're like, well, all we have is 60. So you've been wearing it ever <laughs> since, right? No, no, it's actually, I, um, so I was 33 in wall in the American league. And I think yep. they just gave me 32 in Ottawa, but I was always 33, like where that junior and everything. And, uh, things didn't work out for me in Ottawa. So I just said, you know what, obviously it's not working. Let's switch it up, get a fresh, get a new look, you know, they get a fresh start. And, uh, yeah, I just switched the number up. So I figured I had a clean slate. I could switch it to whatever I wanted. And, you know, seems like Jose Theodore had a decent career for himself. He's the kind of the only number 60 I can think of off the top of my head. But, um, yeah, it seems like it was something I could make, maybe make it into something of my own, you know, and just kind of, I did that, made the switch and I just been rolling with it ever since. I mean, you look at that under the Drieger, it's like, that's a powerful Jersey, man. That's going to sell. <laughs> I guess we'll see, man. I guess we'll see. Um, my last little Seattle thing. I, there's a lot of stars. I like obviously Nirvana, Pearl Jam, all the big like grunge bands came from there. Uh, Soundgarden, stuff like that. So those are obvious, but like along with Nirvana, Pearl Jam, there's Alice in Chains. Jimi Hendrix is from Seattle. Didn't get it big right. to like Nashville, but still from Seattle. I didn't realize Sir Mix-a-Lot's from Seattle, Macklemore and Band of Horses. Those are just some like your top 100 like artists and everything like that. But sure. what do you think is a bigger song? That came from Seattle. Smells like Teen Spirit by Nirvana, or the Big Butt song by Sir Mix-a-Lot. That's a tough call. The Big Butt song has gotten a lot of press, but uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what a question, eh? What a question. You're on it today. Uh, <laughs> I think the I think the Big Butt song gets a little more laughs than uh, than Smells Like Teen Spirit, but I mean, I think anyone on the planet you put on. It smells like Teen Spirit, and everyone knows that song. So it's still cool. iconic. Still iconic. Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. Um. Last thing, Chris, are you uh you watching any like Ted Lasso or anything like that? Everyone's telling me I gotta watch this Ted Lasso. So sounds like maybe I need to be watching Ted Lasso. What you you gotta think? be watching it, man. It's uh, it, uh, from a show standpoint, it's got everything you want. Like there's laughs. There's like a genuine message in some of the episodes where like you're connecting with characters, some family stuff that like coach lasso has to deal with. Uh, I, it's unbelievable show. So that was my last recommendation for you. Yeah. I got to check that out. I'm in the middle. So I started billions a couple years back and didn't finish it. So I'm rewatching billions and I'm, I'm, I think I just started season two and it's a banger of a show. So I'm, I'm enjoying that. And then before that I finished the F one drive to survive. 
Sick. What a show. Yeah. What a sport. Like, so much respect for those guys. It's insane what they do. Well, have you noticed F1 is slowly becoming more and more popular in the U.S.? Like, you have, I have more and more friends that are talking about F1 now than ever before. Oh, yeah. Because it's so much better than NASCAR. It's just got to catch on. and It's so much better. And think about it. Like, there's 20... 20 racers there's 20 spots think like i think about it and i'm like okay the nhl there's like 600 what is there 620 jobs in the nhl like roughly yeah it's not even close like you'd be like taking like the best player from every team and then taking 10 teams away it's insane like the these guys are the best the best you know so it's like uh like the courses they they race on and and all like the drama and stuff and it's just like it's just crazy. I mean, it's sick. It's stake. sick. Yeah. Such high stakes. And uh, yeah, no, I, I like a lot. And they're raising the fastest vehicles on the planet on yeah. these crazy courses. It's like, how it doesn't get any better than that. Like these guys are like, these guys are. They're, they're risking their crops. lives. Are, <laughs> yeah. People die. Like it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Uh, so it's cool. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Did you ever, this is an older movie back in 13. I saw it on a Delta flight like last week or something, but it's called Rush with uh, Hemsworth. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. You want to talk athlete? about getting getting hooked into F1, man? Like Rush will, Rush will do it for you. For sure. What a movie. That's like sneaky, like one of the better movies um, from that time period for sure. Um, underrated. underrated. And then they kind of touch on Nikki Lauda a little bit in the F1 Drive to Survive too, which I thought was super cool. They kind of bring him in for a little bit, and obviously he passed away. But um, pretty cool. He's like a, a like an extraordinary character too, and obviously like such a legend in the sport. So great movie, good good call on that one. Yeah, just uh, like when you when you talk about Lauda, like insanely passionate about what he did, and you just love to meet those guys because you know you know what it's like. There's one in every thousand people that are like that about what they do. You know what I mean? For sure, for sure, and he's one of the best to ever do it. So. He just commanded respect wherever he went, which is pretty cool. 100%. For sure. Chris, let's get cracking. That's what my friend wanted me to say in this. Um, I will say uh, when you're in Tampa, I'll have to see it because I'll now be at all the games. So. Oh, yeah. Kyle, drop your your why. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The official emergency goalie for the Tampa Bay Lightning. So – no way. A little little extra access. And, Good for uh, you. Ticks. So when you're in town, I'll, I'll uh, have to. Hey, did you play for the Moose Jaw Warriors? Is no. that what's the jersey on your wall? Oh, no, that's a, it's a Topeka uh, Roadrunners jersey, a uh, no longer existing team in the NA. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, well, I think Kings- it's the green one that he's looking at. Oh, that one? No, yeah. I was actually looking at the at the middle. Yeah, the one in the yeah. middle. Yeah, yeah. Well, Kyle Kyle had a light stint in the Nall. Went and played yeah, in the Acha, which not is the called, dub. <laughs> no, not the dub. The no. Acha, which is club hockey, and now he's uh, he's an e bug with the Tampa Bay Lightning, back to back Cup champion. So he's well, carved listen, out a little, little career for himself. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. You'll probably get a call for a couple practices too. Knowing our e bug situation yeah. in Florida, this guy was out like every week. Might as well have been on the team. <laughs> yeah, honestly, may as well have been. Um, like he was the man. He 
he started, he's an accountant too. So he started doing, he does or did the goalie coaches taxes. He's networking, man. It's incredible. <laughs> hey man, you got to make a buck anywhere you can. Um, For sure. Chris, best of luck, man. We can't wait to see what you guys get going. Obviously there's already been a couple of picks of you on the ice and the pads. You look tremendous. Uh, I, you know, can't wait to see what you guys do and where the crack can take this season. Um, we'll talk to you soon though, buddy. Good luck out there. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me. It's been a slice. Thanks for the time. We'll see you, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. See you guys.